Thanks for tuning in to Mystic Witch. I'm your host, Blue. You can find out more about me at bluejunetarot.com. Mystic Witch is a podcast about magic, divination, and all things supernatural. witches. I know, I know. It's been a long time. I am thoroughly reinvigorated. I have lots of topics I want to discuss. I can't make any promises of when they will be released, but today is very special because today is the third year anniversary of our very first show and so happy birthday to mystic witch podcast (laughs) um i just want to say thank you to every single guest who i've interviewed i am so grateful to have these interviews to share with people for their education and in you know just sharing information um i will probably not be dealing with guests any longer. There's plenty of stuff I have to talk about. I just, I don't have time to work around other people's schedules any longer, unfortunately. So I'm hoping to every once in a while get a guest to come on. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about scammers, psychic scam accounts, these fake mock accounts Uh, And this episode is for practitioners and clients alike. There is great tips in this on how to avoid it, how to deal with it um, from all perspectives, and a little bit of history. Uh, But before we get into that, I wanted to just quickly explain, I was going to do like a whole episode on why I disappeared for a while, um, but I'm just going to touch on it really quickly just to explain, um, you know, When I moved across the country, my whole life changed in 2020, and I started examining myself as a white woman and the space that I take up. Um, I read a lot of Layla Saad and Rachel Carter, you know, and I just realized how closed off I was in changing my own harmful actions and harmful thoughts. Um, And this is something that I still continue to work on. And I just, you know, I really felt like I needed to clear the space and make room for other people, for other voices. Um, You know, and, and my schedule has changed a great deal. My life is totally different. So time for a podcast. Uh, I, this is why I can't make any promises on like how quickly I will get these topics discussed and out there. But you can you can bet on me coming back at least periodically, um, especially when a topic such as this one is so close to home. As I said, this is our third year anniversary and it seemed really divinely guided that I had another scam account made of at Blue June Tarot. This account is still active. Of course, I'm still offering readings and you can book me there on my bio page. There's a little button that says book now or you can click on the website link and it will take you to my website where you book through a sophisticated booking app. Uh, lets you choose your time, date, uh, what appointment type, 
Um, you can see all the availability and the rates and book it according to your schedule. And then you pay through that booking system. I'm telling you all of this because it actually is pertinent to the topic of discussion, these scam accounts, which I will get to in a little bit. But my reason for taking such a long hiatus is honestly, at the end of the day, um, I'm not trying to make money off of this podcast. I probably never will put that kind of effort into it. Um, that's not really my goal with it. It's just to share information, educate people, and also promote other practitioners. That was formerly the goal with Mystic Witch, um, and I hope to let it be the goal again sometime soon. I just simply cannot uh, map my schedule around other practitioners' schedules for the foreseeable future. <sighs> so let's get into it. These scam accounts, this is one of the things that boils my blood more than anything else on earth. People who are in desperate situations or extremely vulnerable being taken advantage of by, this is just pure evil. It's pure evil evil to pose as someone who's going to help and then take their money and disappear, which is what they do. So let's start there. Generally speaking, what these scam accounts do is make up a mock account of a practitioner who already exists. They copy literally every detail down to trickery with the using an I instead of an L for, in my case, for blue, it was B-I-U-E. But in a messenger, when it's a capital I, you cannot tell the difference. It just looked like it was me. And so this was the first time it happened to me a couple months ago. And um, as soon as they, I got them to like get off of that name, I took over that name. So I now own the account B-I-U-E, June Tarot, just so that, that that one is so easy to mistake for me. So I decided as soon as they switched to another practitioner, I just took that name over as soon as they let it up. So um, that is not a permanent solution, and I said so. I called it. I, I knew they would be back with a underscore or a dot or a repeated letter. These scammers are not giving up and Instagram is not doing anything. There are lots of practitioners who believe that their scam accounts, the mock accounts of them have been taken down when in reality, what is actually happening is there's enough attention drawn to it that they switch to another practitioner. This is why the accounts always have, let's say like 3000 followers or, you know, like there's a consistency that remains. Also, you can see that uh, if you, once you search for the account once, you can all you can see what they changed it to. And this is how I figured out who to message after it happened to me this morning. Seems a little interesting that on the third year anniversary, someone scammed my Instagram account. It's just, to me, that's hilarious. But there is actually nothing funny about this situation because what they do is they make their mock account and then they message your followers 
So if it was my scam account, they would be messaging my followers to say, can I consider you for a reading? Can I urge you to get a reading? They're very affordable. For a while there, there was a trend of them saying grand rising love until they got made fun of enough and they realized that's not something that we say. Uh, They say blessings and whatever else they have to say to sound very sweet and endearing. Um, And they talk you into giving, giving them money in exchange for some type of psychic reading. And once you've paid them and they ask for they ask for this money through Cash App, PayPal, Venmo, it's all of the, you know, underground direct payments. That's a that's a red flag right there. Um because, you know, like I said, the sophisticated booking system is one way to go. And yes, PayPal is linked to it, but you can also pay with a credit card or debit card if you scroll down. It's not the only way to pay for a session with me. So, um that sidebar aside, they take the money and they get as many of the that person's followers as they can possibly scam. And while you're waiting for your reading after paying for it directly, uh, they will say, yes, I'm preparing your reading. What that means, no one knows. Preparing your reading, like give me the reading or don't. Like what are you, what are you doing? So um, then that person is left without any recourse to get their money back, um, which I will say that I don't know what Zelle does, but I know that Venmo now has an option to get refunds if there's any uh, issues. Definitely for psychic readings, I recommend that you try to do that. (laughs) I mean, honestly, no one should be taking your payment through those applications anyway. PayPal is a bit more legitimate because it runs more like a bank. You can, as a business, you have a debit card. You have, you have, it's just like a bank. Um, and they just kind of charge a high interest level, um, for electronic payments. Eventually, I think banks are going to offer this so that we don't have to pay these absurd fees to a, you know, a middleman basically. But that's besides the point. Right now, what we're dealing with is the scam accounts and they're they're taking payments through Zelle, PayPal, Cash App, Venmo. Those are the four that are the main ones. There's probably more though. I mean, there's more and more digital payment accounts every year. So there's probably a bunch I don't even know of. But those are the ones I've seen. So they take those, they take those people's money they never deliver, and then they just move on to another practitioner when they feel like they've bled all the followers dry. There are a couple of tips that you can, I have for you that you can use to completely annihilate them from ever getting to your followers, or at least too many of them. Um, and so stay tuned for those tips. Uh, but there's also um, a lot of things that we can do to help each other with this situation. So as a as a follower, as a client slash social media follower on the account, some of the things that you need to be aware of and always check for before you send any money, you want to look at the oldest photo on the account. Scroll, 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 scroll all the way down and... 
make sure that there is a significant amount of time, more than months, hopefully years, between the oldest post, the very first post, mine goes back to like, I think like 2008 or something. Um, You go all the way, all the way back and you check to see that. Most of the time, these scam accounts, all the posts, they match the account exactly, including the website and everything. So it looks really legitimate. Uh, But the oldest post will usually be like hours to a week or two previous. And so really, really take a look at the oldest post in the feed. Also, Any practitioner, and I apologize in advance to any practitioners out there who haven't got their shit together yet, but this isn't me that is forcing you to do it. It is the scam artists that are forcing you to get on your shit and get your fucking shit together and get yourself a booking scheduling link, okay? We use sophisticated booking systems which allow you to see the calendar choose your own date and time and we pretty much never ask for direct payment through one of those apps if you're one of those practitioners who is valid who's out there trying to make a living let me tell you how much easier life will be when people can just book at their own leisure and Know that their appointment is scheduled. It's in your calendar. You get text message alerts about getting an appointment. You can also set it to have, I have mine set to let me remind me of an appointment 15 minutes before. It is so much easier and you're not chasing down your money anymore. If you have any questions about this, DM me either at Mystic Witch Podcast or at Blue June Tarot on Instagram. I'm happy to share all of my information with you, but you need to get your shit together because these scam artists are making your way of doing things an obsolete thing. And if if someone is asking you to pay them directly through any of, let me list them one more time, Cash App, Zelle, Venmo, or PayPal. And oftentimes you'll see that the email linked to those payments, uh, whatever account they have for their payment, they do not match that of the practitioner. So look out for that too. And they're asking you to just pay them directly with a link. It is probably a scam. Okay. Also, And again, I apologize to practitioners who feel like they need to do this, but there are episodes here that tell you that this is actually a bad practice, okay? We will never DM you for a reading directly. Almost every practitioner I've ever met, at least tarot reader, does not do this because we usually believe that the clients who need us will find us. And there is absolutely no reason to push on people like that. If you're doing that, it's not a great practice anyway. It usually does the opposite. It pushes people away from you. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is here, like advertising in this business actually usually backfires, especially the really tacky ones that are like, hurry up, only two spots left. People see right through that. And they don't want to see that about a psychic reading. They don't want to be 
they don't want pushiness when it comes to the psychic reading. Also, people should come to you in their own time when they're ready for a reading. So if you are DMing people for readings, you need to stop because that is some bullshit (laughs) for several reasons. And again, if that is the way that you run your practice and you disagree, you, please feel free to come tell me to my face or you can DM me. But I just don't see any reason for that. I don't see any need for it. It's more work than you need to do. And it, it actually is not a functional way of doing things. So those are the things as a client slash follower that you can do to make sure that you're not getting scammed. I, unfortunately, the first round when the scammers did B-I-U-E for Blue June Tarot, they, unfortunately, they did get at least one of my clients. And hopefully it was not more than that. Um, You know, immediately this client felt very stupid and foolish and you shouldn't feel stupid and foolish uh, because you were trusting and that's a beautiful thing. And, uh, you know, this world is full of nature is full of violence. Right. So I don't think these scammers are inherently bad people. I think they've been put in bad situations in their lives that is making them think it's okay to do this evil shit to completely vulnerable and innocent people. They really do think that they're fine. You know, and and history does support this to a certain extent uh, because at least since the 1800s in the U.S., when we had that huge metaphysical, like, kind of migration, um, you know, it was also, like, pretty much the beginning of this country, let's be honest, Um that's when, you know, that, that's how, how far back history goes in, like, charlatans in the industry. I'll go over those in a little bit, actually, uh, but I wanted to give some tips to practitioners next. Now, like I said before, you may think that Instagram has taken action, but they likely have not. When alerted by your followers, which is going to be how this goes down, Because you will already, from your primary account, be blocked by the fake account, which is smart on their part. I think they've they've learned a few things along the way, and they're going to continue to adapt. They're not going anywhere until Instagram steps up and actually makes something happen around this, which I'm just so livid that they're just allowing this to continue, and they're not doing anything about it. It's so frustrating to me. You know, for them to just turn a, turn a blind eye like this to this completely inappropriate, I don't even know what to call it. There isn't a word dark enough for how evil this is. This is the lowest of the low. Like, this is like fucking, there's a special place in hell for people like this. And don't think your ass as a scammer is not getting hexed by all these fucking witches, okay? (laughs) Anyway, 
you may think that Instagram has taken down the account, but they likely have not because what happens is too much attention gets drawn to it and then they switch to a different practitioner, keeping the same followers and like they just switch all of the information to match the other account, this new account. So what's going to happen is your followers are going to be who alerts you. It's usually a question like, did you make a second account? Or, hey, is this really you? And unfortunately, sometimes it's, I got scammed. I need you to know this account exists. Unfortunately, that's the case. So first of all, you need to know that your main account, it's blocked already. You're not going to be able to see it from there. You need to go to a secondary account or ask a friend to look it up and send you screenshots just to verify that it exists. Try to get the client or follower or whoever is telling you that it exists and initially get them to tell you what the account is called. And they have to spell it correctly, obviously, (laughs) because what's going to be different is one letter, one dot, one hyphen, one underscore, one number, one extra letter. Um, So then the next step is... Ask your followers to report and block and emphasize not engaging because I don't think that's helpful. I think in a way that actually fuels the fire and they could be they could be taken advantage of in the same way that we are being taken advantage of as practitioners. So, I mean, somehow, some way they might find a way to like get these are not good people. Uh You know, it's like they're making bad choices. They're treating people very poorly. (laughs) That's that's like the nicest way to put it. They're they're fucking evil. And, you know, they're not going to make good choices. And so just don't go. Don't come at them. Just report and block the account. Don't engage. The thing that I do, what has been the most effective method for me, um, because I don't believe that Instagram has taken down a single account. I post a video to my stories and I download it. Then I post it to my reel and my feed. The feed, I think, is the main event. And I say something along the lines of, I'm not scared either. I will tag their account in this post and be like, this is not me. This is a scammer. I will never approach you for a reading. Just keep that in mind. And then I post it right to my feed with their tag. I circle the difference. I point arrows to it. It's like neon signs. Like you can't miss how this is a scam account. Like how what's different about this and how it's not me. And I just ask people to report and block. That I think works because like I said, they have to match your account specifically like very exact and to the down to the very most recent post as you post in your regular account they're posting the exact same thing in their fake account in their mock account um so that people are less likely to catch it um i will say too just while i'm talking about the exact account thing they will post your website they're not scared to actually link your actual website, which makes a lot of your followers think that your website's now been hacked or something, which is not the case. It's just a link. They have to do it exactly 
so that it it looks like the same thing. They will also post uh, links to your other accounts if that's in your bio. They copy it exactly. So if there's links to other accounts or podcasts or anything like that, they will copy that too. Um, so the other thing I, I would say, like, the, well, the reason why the feed works is because they can't very well call themselves out. I mean, they'd be telling on themselves, like, here's this underscore I'm circling, <laughs> pointing to, and it's actually them. Like, that. that's it. Game over. And so that's, I think, why these accounts do switch from my account really quickly. This morning was an underscore situation. Um, it was Blue June Tarot underscore. It's subtle, but obvious enough that a friend of mine, a really, really close friend of mine in New York, messaged me and asked me, you know, the former question I had posed already, which was, hey, love, did you make a new account? <laughs> I just laughed and said, who is it? What am I clearing my whole schedule for today? <laughs> and uh, I, I made that post and they immediately set upon a new practitioner before this was before they even got any posts on the page made. Um, I will say that it will also help as a practitioner to regularly check for scams from a secondary account, keeping in mind that your main account will already be blocked no matter what. So you need to go to a secret account, check for your main account with dots, with hyphens, with underscores, with letter changes, um, it might be wise to change your practice to a name that's very hard to imitate. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out what that means. And for me, I think I might already have that formula. It's going to be hard for someone to make a fake account of Blue June Tarot, but I don't, they're going to adapt. Like this isn't going to stop anytime soon, as I've said several times already, um, Regularly check for secondary or for scams from a secondary account. Um, I also will tell you there has been a very few articles about this and only since last fall. Like they're just now starting to talk about it in the media, which is why I'm making this show. Um, there was an article in the LA Times. There is something that came up in religionnews.com. And it was through that that a lot of people found the account that was made specifically for uh, outing these scam accounts. And on Instagram, it's at scammer alert page. This this account in the uh, in the L.A. Times article, it was created to keep track and to expose these scam accounts. Um, you can report it there. You can absolutely report the page as well. Um, what I was doing for a while was reporting every single post one at a time from the earliest to the latest. And then I came back and reported the whole page. There's two ways to report the entire page. The first way is really the obvious way, and it's less useful. It's less helpful, apparently. Um, you go in, you say, this account is post posing as someone else. You want to report the account, and it's, it's posing as someone else. 
Um, but the better way, supposedly, this is what I've been told by colleagues, um, the more effective way is to report the account and your reason, the first reason is going to be inappropriate content. And then you have to scroll all the way down. And then sometimes Instagram doesn't load it even when you scroll all the way down. So you've got to scroll again, do a quick upswipe, and then you will see the option for um, impersonating, uh, scam, likely, etc. That's the supposedly the more effective way of reporting the account. Um, however, I have yet to see an account actually get removed. They just change it every time because there's too much attention called to it. So let's talk about the history of charlatans. Let's see. The, the Oxford definition for charlatan is a person falsely claiming to have special knowledge or skill, a fraud. And... Since the beginning of the 1800s, you know, when we first started having that influx of diviners come and this this huge awakening happened, just in like the last, in the 21st century, just in the 21st century alone, there have been so many famous charlatans, fake psychics, however you want to put it. Um, and we're just going to look at that really quickly. So honestly, I'm just going back to M. Lamar Keene from Tampa in the 60s and 70s. He wrote an expose on his charlatan practice of his phony, his own phoniness. And um, there was an attempt on his life because he had scammed people out of so much money um, pretending to be something that he wasn't that someone actually did uh, straight up did a drive-by and tried to shoot him while he was outside his house. They missed, but the bullets did go into his home. There was an attempt on his life. Uh, I think his book came out in 74 or 76. And... um, he did die in 1996. I didn't look up what the causes were, but I don't think it was because of this. Um, but he confessed to having taken advantage. There was like a long stream of other practitioners, too, that he exposed as well. So it could have been one of them as well. Um, then in 2006, we had Von Prague. He was on The View. This was a very public shaming of uh, what's called a hot reading, meaning it was researched in advance. Um, We can do that these days with social media really easily, Um, but there are practitioners from the dawning of divination who pretend to know information when they just did intel beforehand. Um, That is, in my opinion, that is immediately you're a phony. You're immediately discredited if you're looking up people's social media or any other digging of information and research. That is not how this works. And if you're doing it because people are skeptics, then you obviously don't have what it takes to prove that you have what it takes. Anyway, in, let's see, like 2011 in California, there was Deborah Dominique. She used pendulums to find missing persons, became quite famous. Um, And in 2011, 
there was a CBS sting operation that that exposed her as a phony. Now, she what happened with her was she was doing a reading in a public place. I think it was like some kind of diner and using whatever tools. I think it was a pendulum that she used for her divination. She said that this little boy that she had been presented with a picture of had gone missing uh, and that he was no longer alive, wearing white in heaven. And this boy was actually like 10 years older than his photo and sitting behind her in the diner. And honestly, like, yeah, you've been exposed. We're not always right. And that's the scary thing for me, for us. We are not always right. And that's why you cannot say things like that with such assuredness. You cannot put yourself in that position because we're not always going to have every detail of information. Getting famous based on a lie, that's real dumb. <laughs> You're going to eventually get exposed. So don't, don't put yourself in that situation in the first place. This is not a perfect science. It's also things like cold readings. Cold readings is when the practitioner asks a lot of questions in the beginning. I usually ask two to five questions before we get started, unless I say, let me know a little detail about your situation and we'll set our intention together. That's what I always say. And if they give me everything I need, which is usually most of the time, like seven out of 10 readings, they'll tell me everything I need. I'm like, okay, we're good to go. Let's get started. But if I feel like they're skeptical or they have a wall up and they don't want to tell me anything, I have to ask a few more questions because I don't know what we're asking this in this reading. So that's a cold reading. And this is something that people are told to shy away from. I, I don't care. Like, that's fine. But, like, if if people start saying that you can't ask any questions, listen, mind you, I can do it without the questions, but I'm working in person back-to-back 15-minute readings over and over for seven hours straight just reading person after person after person. That's a lot more energy than I have for this price. If you want this price reading, you're going to answer me some questions. <laughs> Riddle me these questions three. <laughs> so I don't know. That's just me, but that's also how my gift works. Um, I need a little context because there's always hidden context. So we're going to talk a little bit about like what is fake, what isn't fake. Basically, micro expressions, tone of voice, body language, and wording, especially wording. Pay very close attention to the words people use. I have admitted on several episodes previous to this that that is a big part of my work. I'm not trying to act like it's not part of my work. I'm paying attention to everything, and that is part of the energy reading as well. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm some EMF locator. I'm measuring electromagnetic fields with my third eye. I can feel a person's energy, but I'm not that gifted when it comes to empathy. So I am being honest. I look at those things. Those things are really important. And, you know, I feel like 
You want to be careful with those things. You also need to let the client be skeptical. That's fine. I was, I was a skeptic for a long time, even though I saw ghosts as a child. In fact, I think it was because of that and being terrified of it that I was in complete denial of this before I, you know, finally couldn't deny it anymore. Oh, there's something to all this stuff. Um, but, and I'm here for a skeptic. You have to let those clients have their skepticism. And if you are any good at what you do, You've faced it a hundred times and you've won them over a hundred times. And that, that I feel like is the sign of a valid practitioner. Even if this person is closed off, walled up, they don't want to tell me anything. They just want me to pull cards. I'm telling you right now, they're not going to get as great of a reading as I can give them, but they're going to get a really good reading. They're going to get the information they're looking for. For me, I can only speak for myself. Their questions won't really be answered, not thoroughly. They'll get a basic answer and what most of that reading's purpose is. It's like an interview. It's like, are you for real? Yep, I'm for real because I knew this, that, and the third. And then you see them again. That's fine. That's fine. Look into the University of Arizona. They had a program called Veritas. Look into how much the U.S. government has done research. Look into wind bridge research. There's a lot of stuff that proves that this there is validity here. It also does not help at all when we have the most famous seance holders, such as Houdini. Before he died, he tried to discount mediumship altogether. Doreen Virtue is a good example. And, you know, we had Keanu, the subway uh, flyer NYC psychic, which was a harem of several different practitioners. The New York Times writer found her, but it turned out to be like a bunch of different people. And there's still a lot of mystery around that. That doesn't help people with their skepticism when these are the articles that they're hearing about. There are plenty of practitioners out there who are valid, and there are plenty of things that you can do to make sure that that is who you're dealing with. In the end, I want everyone to assist at least by informing one another. That's the only way this is going to get stopped until Instagram actually does something about it. But I will say that I know it's it's been happening on Instagram for years now, and they have not done anything about it, not a single thing, and uh, they won't make it easier for us to get verified either, so I don't really know. Look for that booking link. Look for all those clues, and until next time, stay mystic, witches. Be sure to subscribe to Mystic Witch on any of your favorite platforms. And you can show your support by contributing monthly at anchor.fm or on our Patreon page. Follow us on social media to hear exclusive audio clips from our guests at Mystic Witch Podcast.